one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I will tell you why I love having wrestling fans back at wrestling shows. I mean, one, it just makes the experience so much better. But also, two people bring science like this, and it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. So thank you very much to whoever did do that. You, of course, get an up. It will always blow my brain. I'm just some stupid nerd geek on the internet wiggling his finger around. I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. And of course, this was a big episode of AEW Dynamite because one, we had a world title match between Kenny Omega and Jungle Boy, but also starting next week, we go back to Wednesday nights and I'm very happy to be getting back into my old routine. But my name is Simon Miller. Welcome to What Culture Ups and Downs and it's time to find out if this latest episode of AEW Dynamite was any good. We do it using the finger of power. Let's up those downs. Well, Sean Spears is just a bit of a massive dick because Dynamite this week started with Alec Marvez trying to interview Sammy Guevara when Sean just popped up from behind this truck and smacked him with a steel chair. Now, I did laugh at this because I'm a moron, but I just thought to myself, how long had Spears been waiting there? He got there in the morning, he was like, no, he's still not here, he's still not here. Sammy Guevara, can you please just turn up? This, of course, was a message from MJF, who is going to be facing Sammy Guevara soon. So away we go. And we got into our first match next to, and it was Hangman Adam Page versus Powerhouse Will Hobbs. For one, Page is just crazy over and getting massive pops all over the place, but also two, Powerhouse Will Hobbs is just a hoss, which meant every time he was in the ring, he was just swinging those bones and trying to take the cowboy's head off. And do not get me wrong, we need all shapes and sizes when it does come to professional wrestling, but I always like a dude that comes across like a train that's just gonna still roll you down. This then, of course, broke down into strength versus speed, or cowboy shit, but the powerhouse proved that he also has a brain. Because when Hangman was going to go for the buckshot lariat, he just ejected himself from the ring. No one is going to thwonk him in the skull today. And then when Adam did run at him outside the ring, Will just clotheslined his ass. He didn't clothesline his ass. He clotheslined like his neck area. But if you are a professional wrestler and you're looking for a brand new move, you can have Simon Miller's clothesline ass. The cowboy was busted open at one point, but I suppose they were both trying to throw the other one into the ring post. And when Hangman followed that up by going for the dead eye, powerhouse Will Hobbs got out of that, which was basically the signal 
for the rest of Team Taz to run down to ringside. Cause Hook and Ricky Starks were here with the FTW title and even though they wanted to smack Hangman Adam Page in the face, Brian Cage then appeared and he stopped them. Taz was losing his mind on commentary. So all of these guys are definitely done. This distraction actually led to a really cool tease because Hobbs hit Hangman with this crazy spinebuster for a really near fall. But given that Adam Page is probably going to be a Kenny Omega's next challenger, or at least that's the tease, he eventually hit that dead eye. He got the one, two, three. This was a really good match. And talking about great matches, prepare yourself for our main event. And the next thing we did see was a video hyping up this brawl. And my word, AEW made me feel like this was the most important moment of my life. And also, how can you not root for Jungle Boy? I mean, he's from the jungle, he's a boy. It's just all the tick boxes that you could possibly want. This was really well done. Had a good promo for the Young Bucks after this as well, because they have now just morphed into full-on assholes. Like they had Brandon Cutler in the background, but every time he tried to speak, Matt and Nick Jackson just turned to him and was like, would you shut up? They're also now officially the longest running AEW champions in history and they ran through everybody that they had beaten before saying, we ain't even professional wrestlers, we're EVPs, extremely violent people. So you can just hear all the crazy internet fans just breaking down. But I just want to say bravo. Bravo, Young Bucks. I think they're so damn entertaining. And when they do lose, it's going to feel mega satisfying. That's the point of a villain. My emotions then got torn. You know the deal, let's go. But Tony Schiavone was in the ring when he told us we were gonna have a gentleman's discussion between Tully Blanchard, he of the pinnacle fame, and none other than Conan. He was of course representing Santana and Ortiz and fair play to that guy, because he started to cut this promo full of some really good insults where he was all like, you don't understand where we're from. FTR and Santana Ortiz keep comparing themselves to each other, but we have a much harder upbringing than you to the point you may be a good mentor, but I'm a damn father. I was like, my word, there's something in my eye. Tully kind of laughed this off because he thought Conan was out of his depth, which meant of course Conan then brought out the proud and the powerful, but as it turned out, this was all a massive trick because Tully was like, hey, you should look at the big screen where Santana and Ortiz were being beaten up. So I was like, well, if Santana and Ortiz are there, who the hell is in the ring? And they took their masks off and oh my gosh, it was FDR. They absolutely murdered Conan as well and gave him the spike pile driver. And I thought this was one of the best angles that AEW has done forever. To the point, because I am a massive loser, when I did realize it was FTR, I went and I gasped like I was watching some kind of crappy thriller. However, there is one point that kind of came at me from an external source. Because I had a message from one of my friends this morning who has only got into professional wrestling because of AEW. And he was like, who is this Conan guy? I don't really understand. And he did have a point, like the commentators and Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross and everybody else were putting him over like a legend, which he absolutely is. But this is only kind of one of the few appearances he's had on the show. And all the other times we have seen him, they've just been cameos. So we probably could have just sold this a lot more and maybe built up to it for a few weeks to the point when we did pull the trigger. It would have been massive. Though just because of this stupid buddy of mine, he got on my head and that teeny little trinket, it does have to get it down. Seriously though, the execution of this was flipping brilliant. Put more of this into my sauce. We then had the most bizarre interruption because it was Matt Seidel versus Dante Martin. And if you'd seen what they'd done on AEW Dark, you sat down and you're like, oh man, I'm excited. When Vicky Guerrero came out and did the whole, excuse me, and she introduced Andrade. I was like, okay, I suppose he's going to fight the winner or maybe he's going to do something during this match. But he didn't do nothing. He just watched. It doesn't matter though, because this match absolutely rules and you have to go and watch it. That is a Simon Miller order. 
doesn't actually carry any weight at all, but up. I don't even have the words to do it justice either. I mean, it went from classic wrestling stuff to flippy-dippy-doo-dah cheers. And at one point, Dante Martin did this incredible sunset flip as the sun was setting in the background. I mean, that may be one of the most poetic things I've ever seen in my stupid duped life. I mean, they were fighting on the top rope at one point, which I don't think it's normal. And I was so into this, like an entertainment tank had been hooked up to my veins, I was keeping everything crossed that Dante Martin would win. Because Matt Seidel is like here, and Dante Martin is here. And I thought, oh my gosh, if Dante Martin wins, he'll be up here, and we can continue to push him to the moon. And he got very close, but still at me. Because towards the end, Seidel essentially started to dodge Dante's offense, and he hit him with a lightning spiral to get the one, two, three. But nobody really lost here. This is just what I want when I sit down to be entertained. And that is entertainment. I mean, it's pretty damn simple wrestling math. So yes, I was a little bit disappointed because I put my faith in Martin. But eventually, one of these lower guys is going to beat one of these upper guys. And it is truly going to be a great day. More teasing that maybe Jungle Boy was going to win later because he was in the back saying how nervous he was when Christian Cage came up to him and said, hey, you shocked the world once when you won the Battle Royal. Why don't you shock the world again? I was like, oh my God, he's going to shock the world. And of course he did. Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling's skit was next. And you know the deal with these. They talk about merchandise. They hate other people's merchandise. Jade then goes, oh, everybody's a bitch. Going to have to be patient with these because I just have no clue where the hell it's going. The Pinnacle then took the idea of being pricks and they hit the level up button. I mean, these guys. Because they were all in the back when MJF took the microphone and said, I don't know why everybody's mad what I did to Dean Malenko last week. He's old, he's got a bad heart, and he's got Parkinson's. He shouldn't be around the wrestling business, so everybody should be telling me thanks very much. I mean, what a piece of trash. I mean, that is like ripping on a Care Bear. And Jake Hagar and Chris Jericho heard this, so they went to beat Maxwell up, which made all the sense in the world. But by the time that the action spilled that into the ring, Jericho's got that gammy arm, the pinnacle had him down, and they were going to break his arm forever which I don't think is a thing, but hyperbole just sounds good. Sammy Guevara then ran down to make the save and he had weapons of his own before he got on the microphone and told Maxwell Jacob Friedman that he's going to ruin him, or essentially said he's going to kill him. And the best part of all of this is that the fans were going crazy. So if the idea was to make Guevara into this super duper massive baby face, we have done it. So it's thumbs up all round. We're going to get that match next week as well. And I am very intrigued and excited about it because I don't really know who wins. Give it up. Miro then continued to be the best thing on TV. Because when he was addressing Brian Pillman Jr., who is going to be his next challenger, he said that getting in the way of him was like getting between a cleaver and some meat. I mean, where does he get these lines? He then complimented Pillman on challenging him because it's the bravest thing he's ever done. But very sadly, it's also the stupidest thing he's ever done. And this is why I love Miro. He is just the best dot, dot, dot man. I cannot wait to see him kill Brian Pillman Jr. And then move on to somebody else and kill them too. Dynamite then did what it usually does and went all random on us. Although I suppose if you do do something a lot, it becomes expected and it's not random at all. But it was Ethan Page versus Bear Bronson. I don't think we've ever seen a Bear Bronson singles match on Dynamite, but hey-ho, here it was. The thing is, it was very easy to see what AEW was trying to do. They clearly had major plans for Ethan Page, but he needed to be a big bruiser guy in order for the fans to go, oh man, well, we better be threatened by him. He clearly knows what he's doing, and that's what they went out to do here, and they achieved it. Actually, it was pretty good. Now, it wasn't exactly a valiant performance because Scorpio Sky on the outside kept trying to interfere, but I kind of understand why he did do this because no matter what Ethan Page tried to do to Bronson, nothing worked. 
I mean, it was like punching a car. And as we know, if you're going to do that, you have to be in the world of Street Fighter. Guy would not leave this alone, so finally Bear Boulder, who was also at ringside, chased him away. But that distracted the referee. Ethan Page took his fist and he whammed it right into Bronson's balls. But as Bronson was on the top rope, he then got him in position for the Ethan's edge and he threw this guy like he was a piece of paper. I was damn impressed. I didn't know he had it in him. He got the appropriate reaction from the crowd. And again, this did wonders for Ethan. He then ruined it because he got on a microphone. He said, I'm not stupid. And every single one of the fans went, yes, you are. Ethan's main point, though, was that he knows that Darby Allen's not done with him. And as he wants to be the final nail in Darby's coffin, they should have a coffin match. Because, you know, if you do do that, he can then drive the final nail into that coffin because Darby Allen will literally be in a coffin. Don't call it a casket. That is going to go down on the 7th of July, and I would be lying if I told you my name was Dave. It's not, it's Simon, but I'd also be lying if I told you I wasn't excited. There is just something about this clash, and if you know about their past on the indie scene, these two have smashed it up time and time again. So this was a very well thought out segment, and it did the world of good for everybody. Uh, promos with Britt Baker, Rebel, Nyla Rose, and Vicky Guerrero followed, and all of these are fine, but I'm still very confused about this tag match. And I'm a little bit confused about the match that they're going to have in a couple of weeks. So once again, it's a sit down, wait and see situation. But I did like the Nyla Rose, Vicky Guerrero one because it ended with them just going, <laughs> and they stopped and they stared at the camera. This was pure 1980s goodness. Chris Statlander then won a match. It kind of feels like it's been a little while, doesn't it? But she is such a good baby face and I instinctively want to root for her. So she was taken on the bunny. I was like, go Chris, go be the alien I know you can be. And there's not much to write home about. They just had a decent contest. And I suppose the real story was that the Blade and Orange Cassidy were at ringside. And I was sweating buckets. One, because it's really hot and humid. But also, I was like, man, I don't want a distraction finish here. I would like some non-shenanigans. And while they did get involved, it didn't really impact the finish. So I was fine with it. Because when the referee wasn't looking, the Blade slid those brass knucks to the bunny. And because she likes to be a bit over the top, she picked them up like, ha ha, I have the Brad knucks. But then Orange Cassidy got in the ring. He also took these knucks. He put them in the pocket, and he just got out of the ring. This allowed Statlander to fight back and hit the Bing Bang Theory to get the victory. <laughs> I just had a jolly good time. There was some aftermath to this as well, because the Blade absolutely whooped Orange Cassidy's ass after this, before TH2 got involved, and they were holding the piece of fruit while the Blade, who has good observational skills from his work as a butcher, saw that the brass nuts were in Orange Cassidy's pocket. He got them out, and he punched Orange right in the face. And when you zoomed in on Cassidy's face as he did lie on the floor, he actually looked like he was dead. So I suppose this is going to start a new feud, although it did come a little bit out of nowhere, but it was good. QT Martial then reminded us how much he hates Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson, and that does make sense, when we got the rebuttal from Brian Pillman Jr. towards Miro. He promised to win the title as he sounded like the baby faces of all baby faces because he is a baby face, and I was like, good. I would like this to happen if it was anybody else other than Miro. Because as I've already let you know, I just think that man is the best man. But I do think they're going to have a good match. We were quickly moving on to our main event, though. Although we did have a quick promo between Penta and Eddie Kingston. We were like, man, young bucks, you suck. We're going to take you down. But there was only one last thing to do on this evening. And that was Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy for the AEW World title. And I would just say this. Surely it has to be contention for one of the best AEW matches of 2021. This was flubbing fantastic, 
Oh. And we just went out of our way to make Jungle Boy the best person ever that we should hang all our hopes and dreams on. I mean, we saw his friends, we saw his family. The referee very smartly got rid of the good brothers and Marco Santa Luchasaurus and said, you all have to go to the back because somebody's got to win this fight like John Cena back in 2011. And then they did start scrapping and they didn't let up for around about 20 minutes. The coolest part of this is that while Omega was pitched as a serious wrestler, Jungle Boy had an answer for every single thing he did. So by the time the boy from the jungle dropped Ken out of the ring onto the floor, Kenny Omega was just getting so, so mad. He got more aggressive after that though and he threw Jungle Boy into the barricade and launched him into the crowd before he got back into the ring. And it was made very clear if Kenny had to win with a count out, he would win with a count out. But Jungle Boy got back in at nine. This all worked though because it just gave Jungle Boy countless occasions to get back into the fight. I mean, he smashed him with a couple of dice, he hit him with a DDT. Somehow they both ended up on the top rope and Kenny Omega hit a suplex for two and then Jungle Boy was dodging the V trigger. I mean, we cannot sleep on the fact that this was Jungle Boy, Jungle Jack, Boy from the Jungle, going toe to toe with Kenny Omega, who many, myself included, deem one of the best wrestlers in the world. He also kicked out of a powerbomb and a V trigger and as Kenny Omega went for the one wing angel he reversed that into the snare trap and because I can suspend my disbelief when you have a skill level to this high I was like oh my gosh Jungle Boy's gonna win and of course he didn't. This encouraged the good brothers to run down but we didn't get any nonsense because Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt and Frankie Kazarian were there to chase them off and then back in the squared circle once again Jungle Boy reversed the one wing angel into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and I think I lost my damn mind. And that's where this move works as well. Because it wins so many matches, if once again you wanted to go, oh my gosh, who's going to do it? You could, but you really were just setting yourself up for a fall. It continued to brawl brilliantly until Kenny did hit a V-trigger to the back of the head, and that essentially knocked out Jungle Boy, which allowed Omega to hit the one-winged angel, and nobody, while that one person kicks out of that. So while he did fight hard... Sadly, Jungle Boy lost. Still your world champion, Kenneth Omega. Seriously, what a great match though. Plus there was no nonsense because we saved all of that till the aftermath because Kenny reminded us that he is the biggest dick in the world because he got the AEW title and he was going to smash Jungle Boy. But that brought out Christian Cage to fight him off. <laughs> this just get better and better because we have been teasing Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. But Christian Cage has been friends with Jungle Boy. So it makes perfect sense why he would come out here. I mean, just claps all round. That brought out House Hardy as well, though, because they don't like Christian either. And while he tried to fight them off too, then the Young Bucks were here being like, oh man, we're the Young Bucks. And they super kicked Christian, which allowed Matt Hardy to hit the twist of fate after Matt Hardy had also done some dance, meaning the Saturday episode of Dynamite finished with all these bad guys standing tall. I have no problem with that, though, because it told such a good story. And if you're going to give me that caliber of a match, when it comes to what you want to do afterwards, do whatever the hell you want. It's just a good way to finish the show. Really good all of this though. I mean, really, really good. I was thoroughly sports entertained. And now we are going back to Wednesdays. We're going to have more and more fans. Color me excited. And overall, it is getting it up. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.